Hello, and thank you for listening to 10 Minutes on Travel. As we've talked about with the situation with COVID-19 affecting so many travelers and travel plans around the world, we wanted to produce these special, quick, informational podcasts to give you the tools you'll need to make informed decisions about your travel and your travel plans. I'm Jim. My wife is Carrie Mullen. She's a travel advisor with Stellar Travel in Bellevue, Washington. We call this 10 Minutes on Travel. Today, your trip is canceled. What's next? Carrie, let's start with the airlines. Okay, so if your flight gets canceled, this may be your only window you may have to get a possible refund. It's worth reaching out to the airlines, going onto their website, and seeing if they can possibly refund them. If not, the key right here is due diligence. You need to make sure that you follow the rules of whatever they are giving you in terms of rebooking. If they tell you you have a rebook date, you must follow those dates. If they tell you you have a travel date, you must follow those dates. So don't be late fair and say I'll think about this in six months because you may find out that the airline that you're trying to rebook on has already changed their policies you missed the deadline and you're out the money one of the things that I've learned from being your husband is one of the things that you always do is get things in writing Absolutely. That is the key to everything. We have a folder that I call vacation and anything and everything that we do, we back it up on a paper file as well as an electronic file. So if your flight gets canceled and they've sent you a voucher, that's a credit. I would mark my calendar for what my deadlines are. And then I put it into the electronic folder because they're going to have so many people trying to rebook at later dates that they're not going to keep a record. You're not going to be able to call and say, Hey, my name is Joe and my flight to New York was canceled canceled, what are you going to do about If you don't have your own records, the airlines really honestly aren't going to care. And what about getting names? Yeah, always try to get to the name of the person that you're working with. When working with an airline, I also recommend you get what's called their agent sign as well as their location because you may be dealing with a call center that's overseas and that's how they're documented because the name that they give at a lot of the international call centers, not really their names. And also that individual given the economic circumstances right now, they may not be around the next time you call in. Correct. And some of these larger call centers, of course, have hundreds and hundreds of people working there. So if you say you spoke to Joe, well, there could be 25 Joes that were working there on, you know, May 2nd, for example. And so you want to make sure that you've really covered your own bases. It's going to take a lot of responsibility in the next few weeks as travel is changing, and you've got to be responsible for your own. Okay, we talked about airlines. What about hotels? Hotels are one of these that are really doing it as a case by case. I've found some of the big brand hotels are letting you cancel and or are canceling reservations up until 24 hours prior. I had a call from a hotel yesterday that called to say, sorry about the Hyatt in Newport Beach. We're closing tomorrow. So your client's reservations are not valid. I've also had clients that decided that they weren't going to travel. They were booked on a non-refundable rate. Because of my relationship with the hotel, I actually got them a refund which was great and the clients were totally pleased with what I had done for them. I've had other hotels that have changed and said, okay, you've got six months to use these reservations. We'll rebook within a certain period of time, but you must make that rebooking date 60 days prior to arrival, for example. So again, watch your dates because every single one of these hotels is going to have a different set of rules and they're not going to be lenient if you miss those dates. That being said, if you were on a rock bottom rate at a hotel and now you want to rebook it for the holiday period over festive, they may not honor those reservations over their peak period. So be very careful when you're ready to rebook, even have three sets of dates if possible. 
We'll talk about this a little bit at the end as well, but one of the key things you just said about being a travel advisor and using a travel advisor, maybe contacting you to see if you can help relationships. Yeah, that's great because I have a membership with what's called Virtuoso and it's a worldwide network. So I literally have contacts all over the world. And if it's not someone I have a personal relationship to, I've got them in my database where I can reach out to someone in Namibia. And if they need to help me with a reservation, they can help. Um, It's great. And that is one of the major advantages of using a travel advisor versus doing an online booking where you're just getting an auto reply. I actually have people on the ground that'll lend a hand. So we've talked about the airlines, we talked about hotels individually, but a lot of times you do a tour package where you buy everything all together. What about a situation where you have a tour package? Yeah, those are varying, again, case by case. Um, Most of them are letting you either rebook, which they're running anywhere from 12 to 18 months from now, where you can go ahead and rebook. Some of them are what they're doing. Instead of having you cancel and do a rebook, they're pushing back the final payment deadline. So you may be booked on a trip to London, on a package to London, an escorted tour. Instead of being due 90 days prior for your final payment, they're actually changing the policies so it's 30 days prior. I was able to adjust a couple of them yesterday for clients where they're final payment was technically due yesterday for their July. I called up my preferred partners, said, hey, what's the status? And they said, oh, we've changed our policies. And now the final payment is not due until the end of April. This gives your clients peace of mind. They're not having to give up their money right away. And it's also a better chance that your trip may actually get to continue as planned. So it gives you a glimmer of hope. So it's a case by case. And that's the great thing with a travel advisor is we are there to read the small print and vouch for you. It's the most popular vacation destination in the world, and right now it's unprecedented. All the parks are closed. What about if you've booked something to go to Disney? You and the family looking forward to Disney. Disney's got to be close to making a pretty big announcement because currently everything in the world is closed, and the North American parks are showing closures through March 31st, which is just right around the corner, but they have not made their announcement yet as to whether or not they're going to extend this and what their policies are for refunds and changes. So this is one you got to really be careful with because what the policy has been with Walt Disney World, for example, is they act, they're very date-specific on their tickets. So I think that's one of the things they're trying to figure out Are we going to let people just use their tickets on any date or are they going to have to work within the same parameters that were originally booked on? So in this particular scenario, we're in a waiting pattern. Once Disney makes an announcement, I'll be right on that. And then I can be able to discuss what they're doing. What they have done with Disney Cruise Line is if you have a book cruise for Alaska, for example, this summer, they're actually delaying their final payments as changes are being made in the Alaska market. What about if the destination is out of the country? What can someone do if they need to contact someone who's not necessarily in the United States? Well, that's what's great about electronic communication nowadays, because that's going to give you your paper trail. Email to your contact at the hotel. You can pick up a phone and call, but keep in mind in some of these smaller properties, if it's noon in the U.S. and you're calling London, it may be 10 o'clock at night and there's only one person working at the hotel that may or may not answer the front desk. So I usually recommend start with an email. Try to email to as many of the people that are there when you look it up online or if you're using, um, I'm assisting you. I've got plenty of contacts. I usually 
usually send it to the sales manager, the general manager, reservations. I usually send it to anywhere from three to five people because someone is eventually going to respond to me and then I have it in writing. And you know, it's not an issue if you get five different responses and five different answers, which is very common because if they don't reply to all, they don't know that you had a response. But sometimes you get better answers from one person than another too. What about the credit card companies? Can you get help from your credit card company? This is not a case by case. It depends what kind of credit card you have. I know that uh, some of them for American Express have different levels in terms of coverage, default insurance when it comes to cancellations. You're going to need to go back to each of your individual credit cards. If you paid with a debit card, thinking it was a credit card, it's not going to be the same. And I know that the Credit card companies I've been reading are getting really tight on not allowing chargebacks. So if you think you're just going to charge back from your hotel that you purchased six months ago, your chances of getting any assistance with that probably not real great. So this is the time you take out that small print and that paperwork they sent you when you got your original credit card. A lot of this sounds like it's going to take a lot of time and effort and paperwork and a lot of attention to detail. Uh, that's just the way it is right now. But can you help people if they, even if they didn't book through you? Yeah, I can at least take a uh, take a peek at your original confirmation, see if maybe I have a contact at that hotel. It doesn't hurt for me to at least try to lend a hand if it's something that you've done, even if you just booked it directly with the hotel, or I'm able to find in the small print that yes, I've seen a waiver come through on that big, bri big brand hotel, for example. So feel free to reach out to me. At least I can try to, you know, lend a hand. That's what we're here for. And you do charge a service fee. We just want to let people know that. I charge a service fee, but I'm willing to take a at first glance at anything at the first um, the first shot at it without a fee. And then depending on how much work would go into it, that's when the fees would go in, much like your attorney. But definitely less expensive than an attorney. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, how can they reach you? You can reach me, K-A-R-I at Stellar, S-T-E. L-L-A-R-Travel.com. That's Carrie, K-A-R-I, at StellarTravel.com. I'm Jim, and she's Carrie at StellarTravel.com. This has been 10 Minutes on Travel.